eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. And welcome in to a post-game edition of Fourth Down in the Steel City. Hi, how are you? This is my friend Josh Taylor. I'm Chris Mack, Greg Finley producing, and we are going to look back in great detail on the Steelers upsetting the Ravens at home and going into week five, the bye week, as the first place team in the AFC North. (laughs) You are watching on the 93.7 The Fan YouTube channel. We appreciate it. Continue to do so. Tap that little notification bell down there underneath this uh, beautiful window and you'll get reminded every time there are new videos posted on the 93.7 The Fan channel on YouTube. You'll also get to see the wonderful facial expressions we will both make undoubtedly throughout this episode as we try to figure uh, how that happen? Uh, if you're looking we? <laughs> yeah, around because I don't know where we are, I don't know what MCU <laughs> universe we landed in, but we, they won this game somehow. I we don't. are in an alternate universe, and we will get into it after you promise to subscribe. However, <laughs> you get your podcasts in Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Be sure to click the follow or subscribe button. And Odyssey is probably the best way to do it. Let's be honest. Your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Yep. And be sure to get notified as soon as new episodes of Fourth Down in the Steel City are available, which is multiple times throughout the week for your listening and viewing pleasure. 17 to 10 is the final. Steelers beat the Ravens at home. They didn't get there uh, how you would think they got to 17 points. There was a safety involved. There was a failed two-point conversion attempt. There was a lot of, I would call it, Josh, uh, nonsense. A lot of nonsense in this game. 
that very early on felt like it was going to go very quickly in Baltimore's direction, but they just kept failing to capitalize on opportunities and they kept the Steelers in the game. I was talking about this during black and gold post game over on 93, seven, the fan. I felt like the first half was the Steelers beating themselves. And the second half was the Ravens beating themselves. Mm -hmm. And somehow the Steelers were able to benefit and, and be the beneficiary of the Ravens beating themselves. Because if you look at what happened, like they just take the two halves and separate it. The Steelers got outscored 10 to 3 in the first half. And then they shut out Baltimore 14 to nothing in the second half. Nothing makes sense right now. So, so given the, given the season and the time of year, it's October, there's jack-o'-lanterns, there's pumpkins, there's scary movies. You know what this reminded me of? The first half was kind of like, well, appropriately enough in western Pennsylvania, the dawn of the dead. The zombie could not be killed. And the zombies kept coming after the Ravens. And the second half was like a Michael Myers slow walk while the victim is running at full speed trying to get away. And somehow Michael Myers is just slowly stalking them and getting closer and closer and closer until finally he drags them into a bush, slits their throat unmercilessly, and comes back for all the sequels. And that's what this was. The Steelers were a zombie movie today and they refused to die. And when they got their opportunity to, they it, it turned into a teen slasher flick from the 80s and they just started slicing things up. I have a list of no fewer than hold on, one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven points in this game where the Ravens should have done something, but in failing to do so, kept the Steelers around in this game. And I'll it, we, let's... It could have easily been 21 to nothing in the second quarter. So th- I, I had at half... No one at, would have been surprised. At half, it could have easily been 20 to nothing. And let's just go through... I think this is a good way to kind of break this game down, is to go through point by point where the Ravens missed an opportunity to take control. And it starts with, well, it starts first of all in the first quarter where the Steelers, I didn't have this on my list originally, but it belongs on the list. The Steelers had one, one first down in the first quarter and people are chanting fire Canada and the Ravens are moving the ball. They, They score a touchdown. But then what happens is early in the second quarter up seven, nothing, They are first and goal from the four, the Ravens. And Rashad Bateman drops a ball in the end zone. Baltimore has to settle for a field goal. There's four points right there. And the first time they failed to stab the zombie in the brain. Yep. And the zombie kept coming at them. So that's it. And here we are about 10 minutes, eight, nine, 10 minutes later, about five and a half minutes left in the second quarter. Here's another opportunity for Baltimore to do something. They're in field goal range, right? And the, here comes Larry Ogunjobi, of all people, swinging wildly at, at Justice Hill and knocking the ball loose. Good luck holding on to a football, by the way, when a man of Larry Ogunjobi's size is swinging wildly at it and you're trying to carry it. He punched that thing right out of his hand like it was the side of someone's head. 
Yes. Just, and I mean, he had said flush, boom. With everything else the defense did in this game, by the way, three sacks, uh, a forced fumble, a safety, a red zone interception, all just in the second half, by the way. <laughs> With everything else the defense did in this game, that's going to go down as an underrated moment. The Ogunjobi forced fumble on Justice Hill that in the huge. second quarter. Because that's a six-point swing now. Because yep. the Ravens in field goal range fa fail to put points on the board, and the Steelers take it the other way and get a field goal. So now we're talking about it probably should be, probably should be somewhere around 13 nothing, 17 nothing. I don't They're know. About. They're about, yeah. yeah. And late in the second quarter now, here we go. The Ravens are moving the ball again. They're into field goal range. I want to say right around the 23, 24-yard line. It's fourth and short. Fourth and two. Yard line. Yeah, fourth and two. 19 seconds left. And Baltimore goes for it. That's not necessarily surprising on the whole, right? This is what Baltimore does, especially in the last three, four years. This is Harbaugh's strategy. Yep. I'm going to go by the analytics. The analytics tell me I enhance our opportunity to win this game if I convert this fourth down here. But what'd you and say? And they had a timeout. But what'd you say, 19 seconds? 19 seconds left, and they had a timeout. If, if there's ever an opportunity to buck the analytic trend and just take the points that are on the board and make up for the past mistakes of earlier in the first half, I think it's there. I think it's, you know, it's Baltimore's chance to go into the half up double digits, 13 to three, right? Easily. And they don't. They decide to go for it. Steelers send a heavy blitz. They send six or seven on that play, I think, and sniff it out, snuff out the fourth down attempt. And so there's another three points that Baltimore doesn't put on the board. They should go into the half up 17 or 20 to nothing, Josh. It but could instead, have been 20. It, but instead, they're up by just a single score, 10 to 3, and the zombie is still alive despite a very underwhelming first half by the Steelers. I, I've talked about this so many different ways during the postgame show for 93.7 The Fan. And I'm sitting there going, I was like, as much as we complained about the Steelers offense and the fire candidate chance and how this mm -hmm. offense couldn't do a thing. And John Harbaugh decided that instead of just taking a two possession lead against an offense that could only score off of a turnover. Because they couldn't move the ball down the field offensively. Right. A two possession lead against this team. It's almost like a three or four position. Like 10 points feels like 20 to this yes. team. Because this offense couldn't move the ball. Again, to use the to use the scary movie analogy, just put your hands around their neck and just squeeze until they pass out. Okay. Until they're gone, until all the life is out of them. You don't need to be uber aggressive against the Steelers if you're the yeah. Ravens in that moment. But they decided to be anyway. It 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 was it was almost it was almost comical in the way that they did it because I don't know what was funnier. The fact that they decided to try it and failed so miserably or the fact that the announcers were so incredulous as to how they tried it yeah. and failed so miserably. They're looking at each other like all Baltimore had to do was kick it. There was, it was a grand opportunity to be up by 10 going into the halftime. And it's like they were speaking for everybody around them that was watching this game and thinking the exact same thing. And back in my mind, I'm going – this would be hilarious if this comes back to bite them later. Yep. It would be it would be so it's, funny if this is the reason why they lose. It's one of those moments where you just go, okay, I'm going to put this, tuck this away in the back of my away. brain 
and wait to see if this ends up mattering. And mm-hmm. it did. We it get did. to halftime. We get to halftime now. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some of the stats because I think this <laughs> illuminates things pretty well as to who controlled the first half of the game. And they're right. only up by seven. Ravens time of possession, 1824 to 1136. Ravens third down efficiency, 62.5%. They were five of eight on thirds. Steelers, two of six. Total net yards, Ravens, 244. Steelers, 88. I mean, you could look at any metric you want to, and they all point. Ravens, one for two in the red zone. Of course, the one time they don't convert late in the first half that we just got done talking about. Right. George George Pickens just had one catch at the half. Um, Lamar Jackson was cooking. It was 15 to 25 for more than 150 yards in the first half. Mark Andrews, four catches. He's spreading the ball around. Zay Flowers, despite not holding on, on all the time. And we'll get to that more later, as well oh as boy. Nelson Aguilar, more later. Uh, oh three boy. catches apiece for 34 yards apiece at the half. I mean, everything's going Baltimore's way in the first half. And they should be up dominantly. You know, at least 17, if not 20 to nothing. It and should instead, be week one all over again. Yes. And instead, they're up just a single score. And so we get to the second half and the Steelers get the ball and they go three and out and fire Canada starts all over again. And the boos are raining down and we're sitting there watching this thing thinking (laughs) it may end up ending 10 to three. Who knows? It it would just be another classic example of Steelers Ravens being well Steelers Ravens. And with about four minutes left in the third quarter, Nelson Aguilar wide open down the right side. And if he catches this ball in stride, he's going in for a touchdown. They're taking they're taking a two-touchdown lead in a game where I can't even imagine the Steelers' offense scoring two touchdowns in a month at this point, much less a game. And literally right through his hands, like something out of a movie, like the seven-up guy in the replacements. I mean, right through his hands. <laughs> and everybody in Philly, by the way, is going, mm-hmm, Nelson Aguilar. And yeah, a, true, true. Another new lease on life for the Steelers because Baltimore doesn't even get a field goal on that drive, right? Nope. And so it costs them seven points. And now it should be 27 nothing. She said it's 10 to three. Yep. And again, we're sort of slogging through this game. And here comes the fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter was if the first three quarters were the long and slow buildup to the penultimate final act of a slasher flick. This is where people's heads start getting chopped off. This is the final scene of Texas Chainsaw Massacre where he's just through the house and everybody's running for their lives because the fourth quarter is bananas. Starts with the Miles Killebrew blocked punt. And you go, okay, here we go. Here go. This, is, this is the Undertaker sitting up in the coffin. And if, if it was this close, if, if Rodney Williams would have gotten that ball maybe six inches closer in bounds, yeah. it's a touchdown and the game is tied as opposed to being 10 to 5. And I don't want to blame him for that because I, I would have done the exact same thing. It's a, but, it's amazing that he even got the ball the way he did in the back of that. Zone. that but in – in retrospect, in retrospect, I on the second viewing of it, I'm like, man, I wonder if a little more awareness, a more veteran guy there in that instance just bats it back 
because at worst, you know the Ravens fall on it and you still get your two points. Right. At best, one of your guys falls on it and you get the seven. But here nor there, Killer Brew blocks it, and all of a sudden, Heinz Field is alive. People, people all of a sudden feel a little bit of hope because it's it's 10 to 5. And yep. what is what is going on? What and is they're this? getting the ball. And we're getting the ball. And they get the ball back, and well, <laughs> the Steelers offense does what the Steelers offense does. <laughs> they punt. And it's now about seven minutes left in the game, fourth quarter. Once again, Ravens have an opportunity. Once again, a wide receiver, literally, like, if if this would be, if the Ravens wide receivers were a preschool, everybody would have big wet spots on the front of their pants because Zay Flowers literally trips all over himself, Josh. And there we go. If he catches that ball, they're in field goal range with Justin Tucker yep. being Justin Tucker. But there's another three points circling yep. the drain for Baltimore. And the zombie is still alive. Man, yep. as much as we talked about Zay Flowers coming in this week, I really what especially after the first quarter, like I said, he caught a couple balls. Um, although he did have a drop early on as well. He I did. thought, I thought, man. If, if the, I didn't, I didn't have Zay Flowers and the Ravens' receiving core being arguably the main reason they lose this game. But you know, other than some decisions that Harbaugh made, that's right up there. The Flowers it drops is. and the Aguilar drop. I mean, again, they gave the zombie new life. They were very strong supporting cast members. <laughs> I, I'm sticking with your movie motif here because. I'm letting you cook with it because it's good and it's like, it's so perfect. So I'm, I'm just taking right in line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So here we go. Michael Myers is walking down the street at a very <laughs> deliberate pace. And Jamie Lee Curtis is running. And every time she looks back, Michael Myers is somehow closer, even though she's sprinting down the sidewalk and he's walking at a very deliberate pace. <laughs> Five and a half minutes left. All of a sudden... Michael Myers, you know that moment in the Halloween movies or any horror movie really where you think the villain has been vanquished, right? The monster has been snuffed out. Michael Myers trips and falls or they think Jason's been thrown out a a window or something. Gunnar Olszewski fumbles. Oh, oh, the zombie's dead. This is it. Baltimore first and goal at the seven. (laughs) But guess what? The hand comes up over the windowsill. Thunk. And it's JPZ Jr. in the corner of the end zone. All over Odell Beckham Jr., who really didn't have much impact in this game at all. No, he spent a lot of it on the sideline. And then he came back in. Yeah. But here comes Michael Myers or Jason or Freddy Krueger or whoever your favorite Halloween movie uh, villain is. And the Doran Dickerson's gonna love this, by the way, because <laughs> Doran is the horror movie guy. Shout out to Doran, he, he is he's is, he is the horror movie buff. And, and, and here comes the thudding 
of the hand, cl- clenching the windowsill. The fingernails are in the windowsill. I thought we threw him out the window and he was dead. No, Peasy picks off Lamar Jackson and the zombie is still alive. Okay, let's 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 pause for a second and grab some popcorn <laughs> and ask one question. How do you not run the ball there? I don't know. How do you not run the ball and limit your you, opportunity to turn it over? And at the very least, if you if you get stopped, you get, if you get stopped, you can at least kick the field goal and you're fine. Or if you fumble it, you fumble it deep into their territory, and they got to work out of the shadow of their own end zone. Well, yeah, I mean, because you have two tasks there, right? Yes. And the two tasks are eat clock and score points. That's it. And well, the third one is don't give them the ball back. Right. But you figure if you can accomplish one of the other two, then you haven't given in to the third. It's a favorable situation. As long as you don't do the third thing and at least do one of the two. I agree. Because all you're looking to do is take a field goal out of play for the Steelers at this point. Because you have yet to see them score a touchdown. Right. Uh, Children born in the last six months have no have cut yeah have come into a universe where the Steelers' offense scoring touchdowns is a foreign thought. And so, if you're the Ravens, you go, "Eh, all we got to do is kick a field goal here, hold on to the football, chew the clock, so that again, all we have to do is kick a field goal again, do the thing we didn't do the first time. Multiple, multiple times now between the drops by Flowers and Aguilar and the, the fourth and two late in the first half, you've had almost a handful of opportunities now to put the best field goal kicker in the history of the game. Yes, that's it. That's the thing. We're, we're not talking about some guy you signed off the street. Right. It's not like your kicker is injured and limping. No, it's Justin Tucker. This isn't Arguably the, hol- the greatest kicker that ever lived statistically. This isn't That's the hollowed the out husk. And you keep him on the sideline. This isn't the hollowed out husk of Josh Scobie come to oh. ruin a playoff game for the Steelers. And, and that is- dude, that dude is three points guaranteed with free shipping. Yes. And what do you do? You turn it over. You turn it over again. And with just four minutes and 10 seconds left, we're all thinking, okay. Here we go. Here we go. The the oh, the zombie has now got the hero pinned in the corner, right? And what's what's the hero decide to do? Like every dumb hero in a horror movie, they decide to not stab the zombie in the head. You know, they they flail wildly about trying to punch it, or maybe they kick it in the junk and think, oh, that'll kill the zombie. No, Wolf it's a zombie. <laughs> That what a the, reference. That is the oldest movie reference. I'm going to drop this whole show. Oh, if you know, you know, you know. And so instead of, instead of stabbing the zombie in the head, nope, nope. Let's put, let's put the guy fresh back in the lineup, pro bowler or not. I don't care. Let's put the guy fresh back in the lineup. One-on-one on the outside with one of the most electric receivers in the game, who admittedly has had a weak first quarter of the season, yes, but who is having a big second half. Yes. Yeah, let's put Marlon Humphrey one-on-one with George Pickens, and let's see how that goes. 
Wolfman got nards. Don't do that. Because if you don't stab the zombie in the head, guess what happens? He's going to kill you. And what did the zombie do? He killed you. And Pickens beats Humphrey. Touchdown. And then before you know it, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are doing their thing. And, and the formula has been set now. As we transition from our horror movie motif back to simply the first five weeks of the Steelers season and somehow how they've arrived at three and two in first place in the AFC North, which is hit on a big play or two, maybe even just one, hit on a big play at some point to one of your big play receivers, play a whole hell of a lot of defense, maybe even score some points on defense or put, you know, put your team in the position to score points on defense, which they ended up doing late in this game on a field goal because of a weird third down penalty that kept them from running the clock out. (laughs) You were talking about now that that might be that Mm. like you want to talk about situations where like, you know, where the the emperor's clothes were were clearly off. That's one of them, because in that situation, when you're trying to put the game away, that cannot happen. Mm-hmm. It literally kept like another what thirty four, seconds four, on the clock, four, forty seconds four, on the 40, clock. Yeah, yeah. It it could have been down to like the teens or single digits, mm-hmm. and it was still in the. It was still what fifty seconds left. It, it was yeah. Like they let them, they let them stay alive. It that's that was yeah. That, that was like a weird reverse zombie moment it at was. that point. It was. Um, but yeah, the the prescription for this team has become quite simply hang around. Hang around, hang around, survive, hang around. Yep. And uh, Evan Washburn said it to Kenny Pickett, I think, post game. He said, survive in advance. Yeah. And that's what they have become. Just I try to hang around. Evan Washburn, because he mentioned survive. And I've been saying that since week one. <laughs> just, just hang around. He'd give you a quarter. He spends way too much on hair products, though. It is nice, nice hair. I, nice hair, I'm Evan Washburn. Not going to comment on that. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll look. I'm taking that one. I might be a little bit jealous. That wasn't what I meant. Hairline. That wasn't what I meant. I'm just. I know. I'm I'm guiding you away from the third rail, Josh. Taking Um, that pitch first strike. (laughs) So, survive in advance is what this team is, and you look at the their three wins. Okay, they've now got. Let's let's analyze the first third of the season. Yeah, that's what we're at. That's what we're at now. That's where we are. This is. It's an 18 week regular season with 17 games. Mm-hmm. And once we get through the bye, It'll and hopefully, hopefully, yep, six weeks, a third of the way through, hopefully, yep. presumably, Deontay Johnson will be back for week seven in the Rams. At least we know he'll be eligible to come off IR. True. We'll see if his hammy allows that. Anyway, uh, a third of the way into the season, they will be three and two. And two losses will have been particularly ugly in fashion. Yes. The three wins will have been particularly ugly in fashion. <laughs> but all scenes from the same all scenes yes. from the same zombie movie genre. Yes. But here's the thing: you can find a pattern in the victories. You can find a pattern in the whole thing, really, which is our defense is going to have to play big. Yep. And in the case of the Browns game, they literally won you the game. They did. They did. In the case of the Ravens game and less so the Raiders game, 
they kept you in it, right? They they, they kept you right there. And in the case of both of those wins, you also got a big play at some point. There's in the, another one. In the Raiders win, it's Calvin Austin early. In the uh, Ravens win, it's George Pickens late. But you got a big play at some point in each of those two games. So, and, and if you want to, if you really want to, you can count the Alex Highsmith touchdown return early yes, against the Browns against as a Cleveland. big play. I think that counts as a big play. I would agree. So, yes. You've got to get one big play. And really, this is such a low bar to clear when I when I start to distill it this way. One big play and do everything you can to, to control the opposing quarterback from making big plays of their own. Yeah. and I'm keeping track over here. I'm counting. Yeah. And, and I don't want to distill it down to two things. but No, because there's more. But those are the two big blocks, I think. Like. Those are the no, there's, two. There's, there's at least one more that you're missing. Give me one more. Make fewer mistakes than the other team, particularly win the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. When they win the turnover battle, they are three and zero. When they lose, zero and two. Zero and two. It was the same thing last year. When they won the turnover battle last season, they never lost. I want to say all nine games they won last year, they won the turnover. Battle. When they so, win the turnover margin. They win games. Then, then it really does become about using your defense to turn over the opposing quarterback or offense and then asking your offense. And this does kind of come back around to how they built this thing in the offseason, which we talked about earlier in the week. Asking your offense to simply be careful. Be safe drive right at the speed limit. Don't even go five miles an hour over it. Unless you get out on the open road where you know there are no cops or state troopers (laughs) and then step on the gas for like 10 miles and hope that that makes it up. And that would be your Alex Highsmith touchdown return. That would be your Calvin Austin touchdown in Vegas. That would be your George Pickens touchdown against the Ravens. It is. It sounds about as simple as the criteria my dad gave me when I went off to college. He's like, just don't, don't, don't end up in jail. Don't end up in jail. Don't do anything stupid and don't end up dead. There you go. And you're like, that's it. He's yeah, like, that's it. That pretty much that pretty much covers a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, you it, think about it, it works. And so the numbers are not pretty. The numbers actually no. regarding this offense, I'll be honest, they are particularly ugly. Actually. And if I go back and check... They're impressively pedestrian. Impressively... I like that. You know I like alliteration. Impressively pedestrian. Yeah, there we go. And so I'll give credit where it's due to Josh Roundtree, who threw some of these numbers out. So, um, for example, the 49ers, through the first half of the Sunday night game against the Cowboys, had just six three and outs all year. Six three and outs all year in five games. They're a machine. Four and a half games, really. Yes, they are. The Steelers have nine three and outs this year in the first quarter. (laughs) So there you go. There that gives that gives you a good contrast on one offensive style to another. How about this? The Steelers had 52 total yards. And three first downs 
in the fourth quarter of their previous three games combined. Today, mm. today, 114 yards and four first downs. Wait, they, wait, you said the previous three games combined? Yes. Didn't they win two of those three games? Uh-huh. So, clearly, the offense has little, if anything, to do with winning games other than, to your point about turnover margin, not giving the other team the ball. And again, find one big play. One big play. Find one big play and don't give the ball to the other team. And you're probably going to win. I mean, it's so simplistic that it's, it's shocking. Like, I don't know how much longer this can last and how much longer this can work. But like, when you look at the schedule, you go, well, yeah, the the Rams aren't all that hot. They could probably do that to the Rams. Like, they could get away with that. They could probably get away with this style. Well, we know they can get away with it against the Browns and the Ravens. They already did it. I would have felt that way before Cooper Cup got healthy. Okay, that's fair. I don't feel the same way anymore. (laughs) That's fair. But, I mean, it's worked for them against Zay Flowers and the Ravens and Devontae Adams and the Raiders and Amari Cooper and the Browns. The fact that that Devontae Adams was able to do everything he did in that game and it didn't matter is absolute, like, it's wizardry almost. Again, it comes back around to the formula. You can kind of let the other offense do whatever they want as long as you come up with a couple of big plays on that side of the ball. Now, again, to bring it back to the, to the specific point we started with today. For that when you're done. Okay. The, the specific point I started with today and we got 15 minutes out of was the zombie analogy. And the only reason the zombie was allowed to live today was because they, they, they failed to stab it in the head. Um, the Ravens could have turned that whole thing upside down today. Yes. But, but they failed to. Um, and that's a failure of Lamar and turning the ball over, Harbaugh and failing to go for it when he did, and Lamar's receivers and failing to simply, you know, receive the football. Um, so it, it, today could have been the day to disprove this theory. And look, it may come in two weeks in L.A. It may come in three weeks against the Jags or the Thursday following against Tennessee. There, look, the rest of the schedule – there's not a team on it that I look at and go, other than maybe maybe New England, that I look at and go, and, and look at and well, no, that I look at and go, well, they should definitely beat them. Uh, it, you know, New England's really the only, and New England's just a, a, a red hot disaster at this point. And they may be one of the few offenses that's worse. Worse, yes, than the Steelers. And um, Matt Patricia's gone. I don't know how you get rid of him and it gets worse, but it has. It got worse. But I guess they my brought whole... Bill O'Brien back and it yeah. got worse. Mac Jones. Um, excuse tree, me. That coaching tree just gets it. Oh, God. Oh, it gets more beautiful every day. It's, it's like it's walking in quicksand. My Lord. So, so like this formula, we could, you could look up at the end of the year and they've used this formula to go nine and eight, 10 and seven. And, I don't want to say it wouldn't be shocking, but you'd go. It wouldn't for me. Well, it it worked against Baltimore and it worked against Cleveland and it worked against Vegas. So why can't it work against Green Bay or the Rams or the Jags or the Cardinals 
or the Colts, you know, you quickly find yourself another five or six wins and go, oh, they they somehow they they somehow found their way to nine wins just asking their offense to sit. They didn't ask their offense to score points necessarily. That that's insane. They just asked their offense to not screw up. I'm going to tell you about the analogy I was yeah. thinking about when you talked about, you know, just let these guys do their thing, but don't, don't, you know, don't, don't let it actually kill you. It's the 04 Pistons in the NBA finals. Yeah. Wow. Against the Lakers. Let Shaq get his 25 points and 15 rebounds and a couple of blocks, mm-hmm. but don't let Kobe kill you. Let Shaq score. Shut down Kobe. Yeah. And it might That's be ugly. It, and it might you, be ugly as hell. And no you, one might want to watch it at the end of the day. But you know what? We don't care if anybody watches because we're going right. to have a trophy and we're going to have rings and we're we all going to get paid. We might score 80, but make sure you hold them to 79. Exactly. That's, it's that is it's along those lines. Now, I say all that to say this because this is something, Chris, that I have been discussing for quite some time. Now. I'm talking about at least two years. Because if you take it all the way back, to particularly one specific point in time in the history of this franchise. I'm talking specifically week three of the 2019 season. You will find nearly 30 games where they did the exact same thing. Uh They held the opposing team to about 24 points or less, and they won the turnover margin. And they've done this nearly 30 times in almost four full seasons. They just continue to do this. And it's gotten them into the playoffs, Chris, when they probably shouldn't be in the playoffs. It helped them win the division in 2020 when they probably had no business winning the division. But it's what they just keep doing over and over again. And it's everybody's like, well, how, why do they keep doing this? Because it works, folks. That's why they're doing this. Because but, for some odd reason, it's winning them games. But here's what I'll say. It works, but it also is has such a razor thin margin of error. It does. It has when, to be specifically within the parameters that when it doesn't, when it goes outside the lines at all, you get a, a 30 to seven loss to the Texans. Well, you, you get, get thumped. Loss to the 49ers. You get thumped by the Niners at home. Right? Like, so I, it, this is, I get the feeling and I'd have to go back and look at point differentials and uh, I'd have to spend probably, three or four hours going back through pro, uh, football reference to get this. But like how many teams have gone and it feels distinctly possible with this team and, and the AFC picture, the way it currently looks, but how many teams have gone say nine and eight and had a negative point differential of like minus 60 and still ended up in the, as a wild card. It's a great question. Like um, that's, that's the way that they could end up lose, winning nine games by an average of three points each and losing eight games by an average of two touchdowns each. And you're going to go, that's a playoff team? Question mark. I'm Ron Burgundy. You know what they could possibly be? They could be the bizarro version of Minnesota last year. Minnesota was 11 and 0 in one possession games, Mm -hmm. which was a record. No one had ever won that many one-possession games without losing. But they had done a lot of it with just Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and just some really good, timely offense and not screwing it up too much on defense. But the Steelers are doing it with, you know, pretty good defense and not screwing it up on offense. 
it's it's really crazy how we're even looking at this as a possibility. But this, it's not that big of a surprise to me because they've been doing it for this long. But that that's and I think we've we figured out. You know, again, we're only a third of the way through the season, but I think we figured out what even the best case scenario for this team is. Yeah, like the odds and wins. The, the the well, and not just in wins. Like I kind of had this pegged as a nine and a half win team, I, nine I nine and a half win team. I had them somewhere around ten wins. And yeah, maybe stealing eleven, maybe. But but it's not just the win total. It's the way they get the wins and the way they get the L's. Like again, yes, the L's may be horrific. <laughs> they may get run out of buildings because. When they miss, they miss bad. How many times, and I can't remember the number now. I saw a couple people post it this week. How many times a Steelers team has been routed in losses in the last four or five years? Like when they lose, they lose gloriously. Like out in a blaze of glory. It's it's Adam Dunn-esque. Yes. It's Adam Dunn. And when they win, it's by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. Like, they do not do the converse. They blow nobody out. And again, no, rare. they could go. I'm, I, I just want to fully prepare people for, th- for this. You may spend the next three months chanting fire Canada. And, th- and it may be well-deserved because this offense may be a dumpster fire. And you may spend the next three months, like us, picking your jaw up off the floor and re-engaging it, watching T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith terrorize quarterbacks. And you may get to the second weekend of January and go, I don't know how, but they were right there the whole time. And they may even <laughs> still be in it at that point. And it will simply be yep. that 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 blueprint that we laid out 15 minutes ago of don't screw it up and force the other team into more mistakes. And if they win the turnover battle nine times and lose it eight, and the eight times they lose it, they lose by two touchdowns, but the nine times they win it, they win by a field goal. Guess what? It doesn't matter how much you win by and how much you lose by. It's still nine wins and eight losses. As long as you win. As long as you win, doesn't matter how you do it, just get the win. And you could be standing there around and wondering how the world did this team get here. And we'll just be sitting over here going, they they didn't stab the zombie in the head. Yes, they're going to go. Because they, they keep doing remakes of the same movie because they won't stab the zombie in the head. This, Jason keeps coming back to the lake. I was just going to say. For some reason, the camp counselors just won't. This is Jason Takes Manhattan. It shouldn't be made, and nobody wants to watch yes. it. But it's going to happen anyway, damn it. It's going to happen. That's that's what it is. They, they just, they, they won't, they, and, they can't kill the monster. It, and they're going to look up at the end of the year, whether it includes an actual wild card appearance or not. They're going to look up at the end of the year, and they're going to stare you in the eye, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney the second, and they're going to stand up there and they're going to say to you, well, we know it wasn't the best movie in the world, but it's still one at the box office and it's still going to gross so many dollars. And you know what? You're getting a sequel next year. 
let's, whether let's you like it or not. Way. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. It's... Well, by the way, I just went back and looked that Pistons team, you know how many times they scored in triple digits in that five game series against the Lakers? Probably not at all. Maybe once, once, once they scored a hundred, probably the clincher. <laughs> Yes, yes. Probably, yeah. Because I think it was nuts five. in the clincher. Yeah. They the went nuts. They Detroit. scored 100. They scored the 100. Was, because the clincher was in Detroit. Yes, it was. I want to say there it was, was Detroit. Game three was 88-68. 88-68. Kids, for those of you not old enough to remember turn of the century NBA basketball, late 90s, turn of the 2000s NBA basketball, just go back and look at the scores from the NBA finals from like 2004 NBA finals from like 98 to 08. Just go back and look at the scores and then thank your lucky stars for Steph Curry and three point efficiency. Okay. We got way off track. Um, As Rasheed Walls would say, ball don't lie. (laughs) And ball don't lie. The Steelers, the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers are three and two and in first place. The undertaker (laughs) is sitting up in the casket ready to choke slam you and your hopes for consistency right through the ring apron. That would have been another great analogy where he's just laying in the ring and all of a sudden he just sits up and the whole crowd yep. goes crazy. Oh, don't it, worry. It gets... We're, we've got another 12 weeks of this, Josh. We've got this plenty more opportunities to- for ridiculous totally, analogies. We could totally milk this again. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. All My right. goodness. Well, Tuesday, we will be back with another full episode of Fourth Down in the Steel City to break down the Mike Tomlin press conference. Um, We'll probably look ahead, probably take a couple days off this week because, well, they'll be taking a couple days off. It is the bye week. And then start to turn the page later in the week, maybe towards the Rams and the second third of the season, as it were, as the Steelers, again, are somehow three and two at the bye and in first place. We said it earlier in the week, Josh. We said, you know what? This would be the way things would go. And oh yeah, by the way, if you hear a random question at Mike Thomas press conference about maybe slasher films or like <laughs> zombie apocalypses, it wasn't us. No, no. I'm not going to ask him what his favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie is. <laughs> I'm going to remain thoughtfully non-rhythmic I, and say I, Nightmare I, on Elm Street 3. There, there, there may be a question about Vampire in Brooklyn. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe Tales from the Hood. Maybe. Clarence uh, Williams III was good in that movie. That's all I'm saying. I mean, if any, yeah, I mean, not a lot was good in that movie. Let's be no, honest. But, no, hey, no. you take what you can get. Uh, so, again, the Steelers survived the Ravens somehow, and 17 to 10, and get to the bye week, 3-2, and two, and in first place. Continue to come back here, whether it be on 93.7 The Fan's YouTube page by clicking on that little notification bell down in that direction and getting reminded every time new videos, including full episodes of Fourth Down in the Steel City, are posted to the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page. And if you haven't already, in whatever app you use to get your podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, or your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download it today. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Thanks to Greg Finley for producing and not stopping us halfway through with the silly monster movie analogies. Thanks to Josh Taylor for putting up with my half-baked analogies. Loved it. Loved it. I'm Chris Mack, and this has been Fourth Down in the Steel City.